Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. Excited for today's show and to welcome my first guest from Mexico, Alejandra. Alejandra, welcome to Say It Skillfully. So I appreciate asking this, asking for help. And I think it's something that people, leaders know, and they all say it and it sounds good. It's not necessarily the most natural thing or so easy to do in a way mm-hmm. where the leader does feel like, you know, okay, I'm in charge, <laughs> I'm the boss here. And there, there is, I think, appropriate ways. Um, and so we don't want to come across as weak or, or in a way that would detract from people's confidence in us. And so that is something mm-hmm. that is a bit personal, right? That makes sense. And I think to, and I go extreme, you know, to melt down, overly personal, oh, I'm so worried. It, and, I, and I honor that that may be going on for a leader. At the same time, there's this dual mm-hmm. responsibility to have to, um, you know, step up and just and and have the faith that you're going to get through it even though it may not feel that way and sometimes you've really got to go there so let me pause there there's a a certain amount of just in our own head having to get um real with ourselves and what do you think about uh, showing us vulnerable vulnerable Yes, that goes along with the asking for help. So, in fact, I just read a, a great post. My friend Ron Carucci uh, did something about the fact that um, this vulnerability, asking for help, is is really great. And I and I replied, it's not great. It's essential. It's not just great. You really have yeah. to do it. Yeah. And so I get I get yeah. this. I think for the leaders, um, it's a real. I think moment of, um, you know, the, the quote, come to Jesus. I had a leader actually um, come to me today and, and thank me because a year ago, uh, I asked uh-huh. this person um, really, up, and not trying to be cheeky, you know, I asked, you know, what are you about? What are you about uh-huh. for others? And the, and the so that, what is it that, you know, what's the impact? And the person came back and said, you know, I thought about it for a whole year and came back with something very crystal clear about why am I here and, and what do I want the impact to be in service to others? So I offer that to leaders that I think in order to have the courage to be authentically vulnerable, that when you know why you're there and why you're serving what you think you do well that helps, you know, bring the best out in others. And these sound like very, I know, kind of fluffy questions. I would, I would submit that they're really, really important for leaders to come to grips with. And the grounding of the self then 
allows mm-hmm. for, I think, a person to say, you know what, gosh, I really don't know. There's a lot of other things I do know. I don't know this. And, uh, you know, how do, I, how do I bring others in to help solve for it? So let me pause there. How's that landing? Yes. Um, also, cultures um, ask us for uh, showing, um, I don't know how to say, it, uh, more strong or stronger. And sometimes we we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, we think we couldn't, uh, we can't show us vulnerable. Yes, that. So that culture, I wanted to ask you about where you're working, how that is. I think, um, I think for a lot of folks, they're waiting for someone else to kind of make the step. And mm-hmm. that's totally valid. It's not leading, but that is a valid way to go. And I might offer, rather than making it about me or you, what mm-hmm. if we make it about us, which is to say, mm-hmm. and from a, a real metaskill, an energy of curiosity, hey, for all of us, so we're not singling anyone else, leader included, right? For all of us, to what extent are we comfortable being vulnerable? And you can use a scale of one to 10, 10 as, you know, I have no issues. I don't know what I'm happy to say it. And people might say five, 50%. And just see what people come up with. And remember, there's no right or wrong answer. People in the same group have a different Mm -hmm. experience of what it's like to Mm -hmm. be in that group. And that's information. Mm -hmm. And and folks are listening. If If you do this, I've done this in a room in space. And so if you think about the center of the room as make that a 10, and if you had a square, right, or make a circle outside further away is, you know, one, and people don't have to say anything. They can just walk to a place. And, and that just signals what, what they feel. And you have to normalize. Look at it. There's no right or wrong answer. And then invite some contribution so people can appreciate why people may feel the way they do without making it good or better, right or wrong. So you start to get information. Wow, I had no idea this person feels you know, that way. They're way out there towards the wall. And then what you can do is as a group say, well, what do we, what do we think needs to happen? Would, would we be better? Would we perform at a higher level if people felt they could be more vulnerable? And so we're not making any decisions here. You're just starting to get the dialogue going. So let me pause there. Does that yeah. seem like something doable in your culture? Because I'd really, I'm interested what it's like for you. Yes, I work with women, women, and some of them uh, think that uh, showing vulnerable is not um, good at work. Twenty twenty show us that we must do that in order to to grow as a team and as leaders too, also. Yes. Fantastic answer. So one thing when, in this case, women are asked saying, you know, I don't think I can be vulnerable. Totally valid. 
um, and I think your answer is, is a great one. What you might do is then come back with another question. Thank you for that. So just when you say thank you for someone expressing a vulnerability, you're making it a little bit more safe. Yeah. So you say thank you. And then your question could be, say more. Uh-huh. Could be, why, why do you feel that way? Yes. It's not for you, because you're just finding out. Uh, This year, especially for women, uh, for all the world, but women have uh, suffered uh, in a special way uh, because as as moms, our caregivers are uh, front lanes and... most of them are losing their jobs, and it's it's a challenging time. Absolutely, it's absolutely a challenging time, and I think honoring that we can't change that. We can do two things, which is one to show caring, and you may not be able to do anything about that, but that feeling, and I know you're very caring, right, Alejandro? So just the caring comes out, and that helps people feel supported. And mm-hmm. potentially, right, which is up to the person, we can help people with how they might feel about their situation. And as an example, mm-hmm. right, it's, uh, I have these kids, I have, I have to, you know, do this, do that. And you know, it's a real privilege to have children. You know, I don't have my own kids. Okay. I have darling nieces and nephews. And so to help people, not in a not a pushy way, say, you know, gosh, it's, it's so wonderful that you have each other. And just helping okay. someone, um, helping someone perhaps reposition their own situation for themselves. Again, nothing's changed, but they think about it differently. Super mm-hmm. powerful. Super powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, and what do you think about uh, men as bosses and chiefs and, and at work? And bosses uh, as, as men for women? I think uh, when you say that, say a little bit more. What do you mean, what do I think about Men, men being bosses in general. Or? What, what do you think about uh, this, the um, this situation at work when men are uh, bosses and and women are um, working with them in in a different level? So I, I guess is the question um, just having a, a different gender person be your senior. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I guess for me, and I've had m- more male bosses than female bosses as just my own experience. And, you know, I, I guess I would take the gender aside and think about it as the relationships that went well or the relationships that went well because we both worked at it. We understood each other and it was clear what I needed to do. Um, so I think it's, I would look at it a little bit less as a gender uh, mm-hmm. situation and more as a relationship opportunity. And, mm-hmm. you know, for all people have heard me say, whether you're the boss or whether you're the, the um, employee, t- 
to know what you need and to ask for it. And you know, this is the skillful part, right? If if perhaps the boss is coming and with very short deadlines and there's no time at all for you to do your best work, to at least create transparency for that and to ask, you know, I, I understand you may be getting this on short notice too. I just want to say, if I can have a little bit more time, I can do my best work. To be able to dialogue that way is a two-way street. Um, and vice versa, uh-huh. I think a lot of bosses assume that the employee looks at success in a project exactly the same way that the boss does, which is sort of like impossible if you haven't made it clear. So I, I really uh-huh. would lean into the relationship piece. I think for for women, I have experienced many who maybe, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt. I don't know this. I don't know that. Listen, nobody knows everything. Okay, let's just be clear. And hopefully you've got a sense of learning to learn and you've got the, uh, some innate ability, you've got motivation and you've got some determination. And so I would really offer, regardless of gender, you know, be your best friend and know that you can do it. You may not do it perfectly the first time and you yeah. may need help, right? But don't expect other people to be confident in you if you're not confident in yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yes. And what do you think about, because of the time and the times we are living, there's a trend that says that um, uh, we think we need to think more in a, with the right side of the brain, the female side, instead of being lineal? Well, I'm not a neuroscientist, although I have to tell you something. In my in my next life, I would definitely be someone focusing on the brain because I think it it seems fascinating. Um, so I, I and, and listeners have heard me say, I think this um, combination of tasks that have to get done, right? You have to lo- logically, you know, pursue tasks. Um, and the relational part, the the connecting part, you know, think of it a little bit more creatively. Um, that's the who. And if you understand who each other are as people, if you have figured out how to work best together, that's the relational piece, it's going to facilitate the task. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's a combination of both. And the best leaders, I think, can weave those two together very skillfully, which is to say, look, we have to climb this mountain. We have to climb it in this amount of time, if at all possible. Um, so they, they're very clear with what we're trying to do. And at the same time, the people feel like they understand their roles, they feel valued, um, they understand how they work together. And these are not minor things. And so for the leaders who invest the time to share of themselves, by the way, if you want people to ask for help and you want them to be their real selves, you as the leader need to be real yourself. You're modeling that. And that enables them to be their best selves. And of course, you mentioned starting with vulnerability, right? That ability to, hey, we don't have all the answers. Oh, we made a mistake. Oh, we may, we have to change yeah. direction. That's that's what we want to have happen, right? Because that's the dynamic nature of relationships of getting work done. So yeah, we've covered. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> we've covered a lot. I'm I'm really curious of all the things we talked about. What's your top takeaway, Alejandra? My top takeaway was uh, that uh, uh, this uh, um, show 
showed me vulnerable this year, and um, trying to be empathetic with with my with uh, people, with uh, with my family, with my friends, with my colleagues, colleagues, and um, um, stay. Um, trying to stay in balance. But I love the concept that you share with us as share ourselves. Share ourselves is key in leading these times. Yes. Yes. Uh I'm so proud of you. I am grateful for your support and putting yourself out there, especially uh, when, you know, uh, English isn't the first language I'm in awe because I know that I couldn't even begin to do this in Spanish. Um, you know how to reach me, my friend, right? I'm here for you. And if I can be of more help, you let me know. I appreciate your calling in. And I thank you, Alejandra, for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thank you for your invitation, Molly. Okay, we're moving back to the States here, and I'm going to welcome from the D.C. area, Ron. Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, Molly. Awesome for you to join me. Thank you. What uh, challenging conversation or sensitive situation is on your mind? (laughs) How to move forward in the pandemic. (laughs) Do you want to say more about that? Well, how to recreate your uh, yourself. I'm self-employed. I'm leaving politics, so I've left politics um, and moved into the design world uh, to do interior design, um, but also yet faced with uh, my former boss, who's now going to be your president, and making a decision as to whether or not to go back in and continue with public service or to um, stay in the creative space um, and earn money, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That is a laugh, but it's sort of a laugh and sort of a, we get it. I get it and really get it. Uh, First, let me... Uh, thank you for your service, which is so important um, to to support the public sector. And then let me congratulate you on having opportunities, which you have created. So first and foremost, you're coming from a position of strength. Yeah. You are coming from a position of strength, my friend, and choices. So this is a choice opportunity. And um, the first thing I would just say is your own energy about it? Am I apprehensive? Totally legit to be apprehensive, right? Because it's an unknown. Am I hopeful and bright-eyed and thinking about possibility? And that state is a very powerful um, lever for us to pull for our own selves. And I, I literally had a call with uh, a client last week and we did a quick thing where all of a sudden this person was able to think about something that was really a peak kind of experience for them and happened to be a sports thing. And I could hear and I could feel the words and everything change. And 
you know, I, if you're a creative type, there may be moments, places, experiences that bring you to a place that you feel like you're in flow, in balance, your fullest, biggest self. And um, to know what kinds of activities help you get into that headspace is very powerful. So first of all, I just want to put that out there. Is that landing for you? Um, somewhat. I mean, my, 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 the space that I, I've lived in is so weirdly diverse, and um, they don't generally mend or mold together. Like, I'm an, you know, I've discovered that I'm an artist that loves to create spaces. Therefore, they're called installations that allow people to, and I've chosen to get into it, this space that nurtures people within their homes or the likes of that, where people spend the majority of their time or make hard decisions. And then I also have this talent where I can navigate through executive level government in the way I mean very in a very different way than most in a diplomatic sense, but also yet creating those installations that create you know, that drive um major decisions um that are flanked with the world leaders. It's just like a weird I'm in a I don't know. It's just I'm sort of so scatterbrained about all this stuff. Well, I mean, I'm hearing both, but y- yeah, um, but uh, weirdly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can, I can, yeah, I can weird. sense it. And so, okay, so on one hand, there's just kind of impact that is a real privilege to have the kind of impact you might be able to have, right? Because of how mm-hmm. all you've done, and and I get that. And so I can also see a bit of the responsibility if not a little bit of guilt of not pursuing that. But, um, but also, I've already had that experience. Right. right? That's right. So I don't know. That's right. So going back to it, it would be, I would, I'm older. I don't know that I would um, lean on the responsibility piece. It's more of the dealing with others and the, the, the competitiveness in the space of a president. Right. I'm an artist. I just, treat people the way they should be treated. I don't, I work for the president of the United States and I'm creative and I make stuff pretty and I leave. Yep. That's my thought. Um, With people in in that space, they think differently. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're trying to clamor to get to the, the nucleus of power to, 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 to support their own agenda. That's never my drive or has never been in my head space ever. Right which I love, and that's why you're so awesome. <laughs> we, just, we, just, we just say that. We love people who are not, not pursuing their own agendas but really serving. Wow, what a concept. So, Ron, what, so what do you want? With this, this, I'm, I'm just sensing that this creative, the insulations, the art is something that's just a giant hole you want to drive the truck through and try it out. So just go there for me. What, what does it mean for you? Like, What's yeah, exciting so, about it? What's well, scary for, about it? For, for the last, I guess, six or seven years, maybe more, I know, I tend to forget. But I've been able, I've been very lucky, and I've had some interesting clients um, that trust me, and I've, I've, able, I've been able to create and develop their 
homes um, and and spaces within their homes or the entire home that nurtures them. I love that. Um, for a person that can't draw, uh, I'm very lucky to have people that trust me um, and my vision because they've seen what I've done. I don't take pictures of anything I do. I literally just do it and I walk away. I mean, one of the prime examples, which is not interior space, but Rolex, I was a creative director for their um, their uh, um, Rolex Awards for Enterprise. I, they, I, they asked me for pictures. I didn't have any. They asked me for ideas. I gave them to them. I told them artists usually hire me. Um, so being able to be accepted in, into that, that design space that, that just nurtures is like, I'd love to do more of that. I've also been told that, you know, companies like Rolex that I'm expensive, which is not helpful. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think amazingly out of sight, you know, I think way outside of the box, you know, but I've, but I also have this, like, you think I'm expensive, try buying one of your watches. I mean, like, you know, hello? <laughs> okay. 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 So I'm getting two things. Let me just kind of s- strip it out. So this creative thing, like you're it, people, you're real. The people that relate to you will work with you. You've had success. You know, we can get back to the maybe it would be helpful to have some pictures, but that's a separate topic. I'll, I'll let that go over now. Um, <laughs> so... So I'm hearing that this is, this strikes me, feels like your voice, like it's your passion, yeah? The design, the creating? Yeah. Yeah? My passion. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got your passion. Done. Check passion. Okay. So now, mm-hmm. what, what's holding you back from just jumping in? Um, I'm, I, I don't know how to market myself. I don't like, um, you know, I'm talking to you about what I do. I usually don't talk the people about what I do. I'm very, um, it, I just, uh, what's holding me back, it's, it's clients and people that want to like dive in and do it. I just, uh, you know, I don't know what's holding me back. I mean, money is holding me back. I mean, you know, I have to make money. I don't really, I know how to spend it. I don't know how to make it, you know, under build myself under, you know, just, it's, I think it's just being in the right space with the right people. I think that's what's holding me back. And I, I trust that all of that will happen for me organically, which it has, um, which has been the same in politics. I mean, it's just, I I couldn't have planned my life. I mean, it's just weird. Um, so I'm, I'm a very go with the flow thing. So I don't know. I don't know what's holding it. It's, I think money is the one thing that's holding me back. Um, so let me throw this out. I'm hard. so grateful for you being open and sharing. And this is a really important thing. Having maybe six years ago had this conversation with myself, I got very clear on what I wanted and I put it out in the universe. Like I verbalized, I articulated, I told people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, I don't mean like a megaphone. I'm saying, you know, with a small group of I people. Understand. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think and not to make it a writing exercise, but to make it real, you know, the, put it, whether it's on paper or in an art form, what are you envisioning? Literally, what are you envisioning? Working with these kinds of people, doing this, having this kind of impact in this kind of way, your 
your visualizer. So visualize what it is, okay? Mm-hmm. That's your end state. And then you've got your current state, and you got to be honest about your current state. Mm-hmm. And then a path from A to B. And if, if that execution, all the steps, a little bit more of the detail, the less creative isn't your sweet spot, then an ally to help you with the stuff that isn't maybe the most natural part, but is, is critical to getting an enterprise, you know, whether it's a man of one or a whole company going. Um, and so you, you owe it to yourself. I, I know some of that may not be this. I, I get the organic thing. Cause I think obviously in life, that's, that's been a success factor for you. You can also think about what got you here. doesn't get you there. Is there a little dose of intentionality that you can kind of help steer things? Perhaps, a, perhaps a way to go. I'm not advocating. I'm just giving you a chance to think that yeah. through. You know, as you say that, then you know, in my head right now, I'm thinking, you know, then I'd be stuck as an interior designer. Do I want to be stuck in that space? Because I, quite honestly, when I meet interior decorators or designers, I'm like, I am so not that person. I, you know, like people ask me if I know local designers in Washington. I don't. I'm just not that guy. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I don't, I don't want to limit myself by being stuck on one thing. I mean, or, does that make sense? It does. And so the question to yourself is, is it what's what's in there? What's going on that says if I do this now, I'm labeled as X? You could label. I mean, you're happy to label yourself if you want, you know. And and I get that mm-hmm. some folks will generally label, but it's not like you're trying to get ten million clients. You're, you know, if, if a few people, and no, obviously no. from what I've heard from you, the folks that connect with you, they get your genius. Okay, so mm-hmm. I went off. That's the leading leading yourself to to be who you want to be for others and, and, and the, you know, the, the skill of articulating it in a way that lands for people. And it's, you know, it's much easier to be the round peg in the round hole or the square peg in the square hole. That's yeah. not what you are. Right. So on that challenge of helping mm-hmm. position the, 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 who you are and what you do and why it matters. And, if other people, some people limit you, great, but not everybody. The people you matter won't. And so I guess I just offer thinking to yourself, why Why I'm afraid, which is good to know, I'm afraid of being labeled as a standard interior designer. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah. Thing say more about, say more about lifestyle. I want to promote. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a, so like I love the way that I live. It's very free. It's very um, inclusive. It's very pretty. Maybe that's the space that I'd because seeing, you know, through television or through books or magazines, maybe because that doesn't really limit you. Because I love food, I love travel, I love people, I love being in the political space and making it pretty and not a podium and a blue background. Maybe it's just a bronze LA branding lifestyle experience that I'd be more comfortable with because that includes everything that I love versus just being a design, you know, like I, I went from Rolex and did their, you know, their awards and doing that space to like doing a wedding. I don't do weddings, but I did one and it was, you know, off the charts and 
yachts and mansions and water and the experience. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a lifestyle thing that I'd love to just share with people and then hopefully making money from that. Does that make sense? It makes great sense, and we're so happy that the show is recorded so you can listen to yourself, basically a starting point of what you want to create, and this is the ultimate creative project, <laughs> creating you, so awesome, <laughs> right? Think about this, seriously, this is, this is, this is you're, you're awesome at this, so you're, you're creating on yourself, and then you got to get real, right? So there's just totally mm-hmm. reasonable. Creativity needs constraints. Mm-hmm. And you can start to map out, you know, where you want to go, how you want to go about it in, in the Ron way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the Ron way. Do one to others. No backstabbing, no crazy. Yeah, and so... Yeah, and so I, I will say, you know, I guess for the creative, I get the, so I, I imagine kind of molecules flying around. Maybe it's sticky notes, get them on a wall, get colored things and put it in writing. Okay. It doesn't have to be like on a computer, but get it out where it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tangible, not just in your brain swirling around. Okay. You make it a fun project, create a wall or a corner of the, of your space and, and envision it. Oh, I can. I envision it all day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So envision it, but have it down in writing. Right? Bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah, well, right, right, get right. it in the writing, and then then from the wall stickies, you can imagine. Okay, there's only so many hours in a day, and what are you going to do? Sure. And so you know, there is a discipline right. thing, and you you know how, to what extent you you need to have some discipline to get stuff done, right? I mean, hello, right? Sure. At the same time, yeah. you don't want to be too rigid, so you got to play with those boundaries. You know, you can have it all, yeah. but not at the same time. Right. Yeah. And be patient. Mm-hmm. And be patient. And be patient. Um, okay. This is so, I'm so grateful for you bringing this up. And I can tell this is like alive and real. Before we wrap, oh. one top takeaway. What are you taking away from our little chat? Um, to go outside and look in, um, figure out what you really, really want. I love the practice of uh, writing it down and, and talking about it. Um, to bring it to life, which I've actually began, began to do. I've, I've become a little bit selfish with what I want to do, which is very, very hard for me. Um, so very hard for me. Um, I always put everybody else first. So um, I think the, the, the practice of writing it down and talking about it is the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from, from you. Thank it. you for that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, thank you for sharing yourself, and I, I just want to call out the hard to be selfish and great call out. And um, you're doing it to help others. It's not Always. about you, right? It's all. Always. So just use know yeah, that that yeah. that that's that's yeah. your that don't feel there's no feeling bad, and it's now easy, right, to focus on mm-hmm. you because that's how you're going to shine most brightly for the world. Um, I am here for you, my friend. I am cheering for you big time. Uh, You know how to reach me. And I thank you for being part of the solution, Ron. You take good care. Thank you. And I know that I'm very proud of you, Molly. This is a big deal. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. Love you. Okay. And now we have, we're heading to 
the Boston area, and I believe Kelly is here. Kelly, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you, Molly. Thank you for having me today. Uh, my treat. What is on your mind today? So what is on my mind uh, today is moving forward into a new position with intentionality. Um, I am so lucky that in 2021, I will start a new position um, in the Washington, D.C. area in the same field, but, uh, you know, a, a different kind of flavor and really looking to do it with intentionality. So discussions kind of I should have um, with others and kind of with myself in setting myself up for success um, and, you know, moving forward that way. So that's what's really on my mind. Oh, first of all, huge congratulations. Yay, new job for someone out of COVID. Yay. Yay. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. It's so, I'm so, so lucky. Well, you've made it happen, so I know it's not just luck, although we all need luck, so that's absolutely a huge factor. Uh, And kudos for being proactive, Kelly, and thinking about uh, how you want those early days to go. Um, I think this is a super-duper opportunity, and um, you only have one shot to make a first impression. Right. So I guess I would start with... um, Asking some questions about, you know, as you make these job um, transitions, I imagine you kind of think about what you were doing and what worked and what didn't. And not that you have to share it all, but I guess how how um, complete do you feel about having reflected on the past, what worked, what didn't, um, things you may have, um, may not done differently? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. One of the things that I know. Um, I struggled with was setting boundaries in terms of um, the time that I will spend at work um, as well as kind of the amount of work that I will do. Um, in my old position, there's probably around four people who are replacing me. So that gives <laughs> indication as, to, oh as to how much work I took on. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's getting clear on the boundaries and doing that in a way um, I know I've struggled with this in the past that either I come in too strong, seeming like I don't want to do anything. Um, but it's really because I think boundaries have been violated so many times that I, I don't know how to present them in a, in a way that, that is helpful and starts a, a discussion versus kind of ruffled feathers. Good awareness on that. So this is uh, four people replace you. That's super scary for your old organization. Um, So Kelly, can you share, as you did a lot of work, right? And you're happy to do the work. You're hardworking and obviously you're very good. (laughs) Um, Why do you think it is that you took on so much? You know, I mean, think about the early days when you were only doing the work of two people, not four. So just help us with what was going on where you just kind of kept taking it all in and doing it. Um, part of it was that I was interested in everything because everything was so exciting and new. Um, and part of it was trying to prove myself. And now that I've proven myself, <laughs> I can hand some of it back. <laughs> check, check, Kelly proven. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess scope in a new role um, mm-hmm. is important. And is that something you would say is 
very well clarified, like a 10, or are we like 50% in the clarification? Where are you in the new? I think we, so for myself, I know very clearly what I want to kind of accomplish and learn. Um, I'm looking for a little bit of um, international experience as well as um, work with uh, mentoring. So um, those two and, and science communication. So those three are very crystal clear as to what I want to do. Um, now the exact project, it is a job that kind of projects come up as they come up and then they're assigned. So, you know, I will obviously reach first for those three, but there might be some others that, you know, have to be taken on in addition to be, you know, being on the team. Okay. And with your management, do you feel that, you know, again, it's early, so it's, it's kind of the relationship building part um, and thinking about how to do that. What are your thoughts so far on just creating those, you know, just super solid relationships that are going to help you be as upfront as you would like and vice versa for them to do so with you? Uh, so with the, with the boss, um, I have a, a longstanding, um, known the person for about a decade. So it's, you know, a longer standing relationship that I feel that I can do um, a lot with, um, you know, honest communication. Um, and, you know, the boss is very, is also very good at this. So this is something that, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with, but I will be working with other um, kind of high level folks that I just don't have as close relationship with. Um, and want to do that with a positive, you know, there is enough for everybody, isn't this amazing what we get to do type attitude, um, but trying to figure out, do I need to have direct conversations with them or is that just in how I present myself? I'm not quite sure what that, how to do that yet. Yeah, so let's just lean into that one. That's a great opportunity. Fabulous that you have a longstanding relationship with your boss. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, Lots of times when there's a more senior person, it's a little bit edgy. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm reaching out to the more senior person. Um, And putting oneself in the senior person's shoes, there's a new person um, who wants to, you know, contribute to the organization as quickly and in as great amount as you do. Um, So I think the energy of coming to someone like, I want to serve, I know I'm new, um, can I have in whatever the amount of time is, 30 minutes or an hour, and think about, I'd love to have a personal connection and, and just understand each other because I think that'll help us work better together and help me support the organization. Um, and two, align on some of the things that you're working on and where I can be of service um, and and just create that as a, a starting point for a relationship and being proactive about it. Um, if I'm a senior person, when someone's thinking about it, I want to be, you know, able to support the organization. I have a lot to learn from you. You've been around and, and any pieces of advice you might have for a new person. You know, I, I, I don't know how I say no to that. <laughs> Even if I wanted to say no to that, I would be like, I'm like, you're a leader. You're here. You are. You're the big head honcho. Personally. So I'd ask you, you know, do you even see any downside? Because I think a lot of folks are like, oh, they're a little worried. I don't know if you are worried. Tell me how you how you feel about making, um, re- doing those kind of reach outs. 
I I don't see um, I don't see any problem. I'm actually very much looking forward to that. Um, probably the the hardest thing is that uh, the team department I'm uh, joining is around 20 people. So getting through the 20 people is, is going to just take some time. Um, that's all. But uh, that's that's my only worry is time. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, 20 people. That's that's a nice little, what is that? You know, you two a week, you're done in, you know, 10 weeks. You know, I mean, like it's 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 three a week. Um, I I wonder, are you, do you really feel like you can go make all the calls? Or you, and I, I want you to be super comfortable. So that's why I'm asking you. Do you feel like you can just get get in there and start, it's like I'm going to one through three, one through three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, just move down the list. Yeah, I actually, I, I do feel very comfortable because it, because it's in my industry and because I've been in my industry for, you know, almost 20 years now, it is, it does feel rather comfortable. Um, and because I'm a new person, you know, again, um, maybe some of them not 30 minutes, but some of them, you know, hey, could, can I have 15 minutes or five minutes just to, you know, touch base? Um, although I won't be working that closely with all of them anyway. So um, that, that can work. I love that. I also, in those, I call it making the rounds, oftentimes it's helpful if there are one or two questions that you ask everybody, the same ones, just as a way to, I would say, garner the collective genius and it gives you some information and it's a bit of, it's a little bit more of a systemic kind of view. And then I would ask you, as I would for all listeners, when you end the call, leave the room, what would be the two three things you would want that other person to be thinking about you? Um, a, a energy, like a, a high positive energy, um, thinking about the future and all the possibilities that can happen. Um, and, uh, feeling a little bit better that, you know, for kind of having that conversation. So a positive start to uh, start to the relationship. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then I'd ask you to think about, um, which is never too early, just and not to think about it as a particular role or promotion or anything, but, you know, do you want to be a leader? Do you want to be a, and you, you know, whatever you are, expert, just in your own mind, out a bit, right? You've been there a while. You're now three years into it. And what, where are you? How are people thinking about you? And obviously it can change, but I offer that as a way just to kind of do your, as you heard Ron say, that creating process for where you're heading to. And it doesn't have to be higher. I'm just offering this as a chance to think about that. Um, career development, professional development opportunities come up and the individual, it's on us to think about how is it that we want to be perceived, what do we want to be doing? So it's not too early to have a, a little bit of inkling of that as well as you make the rounds. Definitely, definitely. That was that, that is a very good piece of advice to intentionally, you know, work for the next three years at, at obtaining that, what I want to feel and, and be and be thought of, you know, in three years. So that's, that's great advice. Yeah, that's pretty. That's fabulous. I'm so proud of you, uh, Kelly. What uh, from all this stuff we've chatted about? What's landing for you the most? Do you have a top takeaway? Um, I think that the top takeaway was really to 
um, to make the rounds and to, you know, not be afraid, but to be proactive about um, speaking with folks and asking them those same one to two questions to, again, kind of get the collective genius um, and get a feel for what's happening in the organization and how I can best um, meet my goals and the organization's goals. It's fantastic. I just noticed one thing, and I'm going to call it out so others, and this tends to be with, I, I hear it a little bit more with women than men, and I had it, I think, myself, so I worked on it. Sometimes we'll end a sentence, and it comes up tone. It's a, like it's a little bit like asking a question, and it's not actually a question. Right. So, right, not to be, you know, arrogant in a demanding voice, to just be mindful of when are we making a more... Uh, a statement, a declaration, something that's neutral, but not asking. And I think for women, and I would reference Sally Helginson's book about how women rise, this may be something that plagues women a bit more, is it can potentially come across as not as um, confident. So in the early days, right, to just be mindful. um, And sometimes, and I do this when I'm a bit nervous, I race or my tone might go up. And I just throw that out as something to be um, in the back of your head, maybe something to be aware of. Um, and so that you come across, you know, with the expertise and confidence and all the super high value add that I know uh, you bring to this new organization. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Cheering for you more than you can possibly know. I am so grateful that you joined and I'm wishing you well. And You know how to reach me. Um, and uh, thank you for being part of the solution, Kelly. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Okay, we have time for one scenario. And this was brought up to me. Understandably, the person was a little bit sheepish about calling in because their boss yells at them. And I thought, your boss is a screamer? And I'm like, yes, our boss is a screamer, which I, you know, I kind of, I get, but it seems in 2020 that we would have let that go. So um, to think this through, for folks where this is happening, my concern is really for you, first and foremost, even if intellectually, you know that it's not you and the boss is screaming, I would want to make sure that you're taking care of you. Because that can be an eroding kind of thing, like there must be something wrong or bad with me if I'm in this environment. So just to be aware of that and to support yourself the way you need to get supported. I would say that if this is something that is really chronic and there's no end in sight, I would hope that you might think that that maybe there's a better place for you to be, right? So that's a separate topic. Um, when someone is yelling at us, and it happens, I have yelled and I'm not happy about it. I think, you know, first be in good relationship with ourselves and not, you know, reacting is obviously something that's really important. So getting in good relationship with oneself, breathing, realizing it's not about us. And the first thing I always think is that the other person, I feel great compassion for them because obviously they're not having a great day. They're not in good relationship with themselves. This um, sense of just, you know, I feel a bit sorry that they're in a tough place. And that's important to really genuinely feel because it will help you be the person that you need to be to try to address that. Um, I think in just getting through, it's fine if you have a relationship with a boss to come back after and just say, hey, I just want to revisit something. Would that be okay? You know, I noticed this last situation, it came across to me like, you know, I was getting yelled at. That was my experience. Is that what you intended? 
And person may be, oh, I didn't mean it. You know, I'm not trying to make you defensive. I just want to share that that was how it landed for me. It's hard for me to do my best work in that environment. Is there something that I can be doing to help you with that? So a, so a chance to actually be an ally with your boss on this and to get it as trans, transparent about this um, this behavior, this, that this is going on, could be something to work with. I know folks may say, well, they're not going to be open to that. If you have a boss who really is a yeller and they're not going to get there, I'm not saying run the risk. But if someone really just can't get it together and you, you get a sense that they really want to address it, you know, be the person can, that can help them uh, try to work that through. Okay, so I hope that's helpful. Um, and if you haven't already, there is more help for you at sayitskillfully.com, my website, and please sign up on my mailing list. We can have a chance for a little one-on-one, which would be super fun. And my thought for the week, if you imagine a sketch, mountain somewhere in Asia, it's very misty, there's a bamboo-lined trail, and a giant panda lumbering with a small dragon on its back. The panda asks, which is more important, the journey or the destination? The tiny dragon replies, the company. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.